0: Greetings and welcome inside the Yellow Studio. You are listening to Grow Great, the podcast. That's also the website, growgreat.com. My name is Randy Cantrell. I'm your host here coming to you from Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas. Hey, today, let's talk about how can you reboot yourself? Now, uh, let me give you a warning. There are going to be some sports analogies ahead. No, I'm not going to overdo it. Hang with me. I am an OU Sooner football fan, and it's the hazards of being born in Oklahoma. Sooner fans were shocked when ah, sometime around Thanksgiving, head coach Lincoln Riley resigned to take his talents to USC and within weeks, a new head coach was hired previous defensive coach for OU who had been in Clemson for the past decade. It was a homecoming of sorts for coach Brent of Venables, who is now the current head coach. And for fans and within a week or two of his hiring, the entire OU football program was completely restructured from top to bottom. I mean, when you look at it today, I mean, as I hit the record button today, is January the 18th, Tuesday, 2022. I mean, the whole thing, the whole program looks completely different than it did 30 days or so ago. I mean, it's been an amazing thing to watch the OU brain trust reboot themselves and reinvent what was already a pretty successful program. Now most OU fans, my hand is in the air quickly became more excited about the program than we've been in a very long time. And we, we went from disbelief that our coach left us for USC to elation over the changes and the improvements in coaches and staff, and even players been a remarkable thing. And over time, I suspect there are going to be many lessons that organizations and leaders can learn from these kinds of seismic shifts in direction. I mean, it truly has been a lesson in how to make lemonade out of lemons, you know, to go from an unexpected resignation to vast improvement. I regularly will ask leaders to consider a hypothetical. And the hypothetical will involve losing their top right-hand person. Now, admittedly, most of us, we don't want to think about those kinds of things, but they happen. Would you be able to do what the president coupled with the athletic director of OU did? I mean, well, you could, if you were prepared, you could, if you were bold, you could, if you were able to quickly gather information to deepen your understanding, uh, this past Sunday, the Dallas Cowboys disappointed fans once again. I mean, this is a team that just can't seem to get out of their own way. Uh, the Cowboys lost their first playoff game of the season, something that seems to be an annual habit. And that's assuming that they even make the playoffs. Uh, somebody remarked that they're a great fantasy team, right? They put up a lot of points and make a lot of yards in the regular season, but then when it really counts, they completely disappear. Well, fans worldwide are wondering when and if anything in Dallas, Texas is going to change. Let me give you a hint. It's not going to. It doesn't seem that it's going to change because owner Jerry Jones continues to keep the coaching staff and other insiders littered with remnants of the past. I mean, since he first bought the team and of course he cleaned house, including then head coach Tom Landry. I'm not sure that's ever happened since. And the results, okay, well, the results have not been very good over the last 20 years. It's amazing to think that you can have a conversation with a 20-year-old here in Dallas, Texas, or anywhere if they are a Cowboys fan, and they have no recall, no recall of when the Cowboys were actually good. They know Troy Aikman is the guy who does games with Joe Buck. Sunday's game resulted in some coaching decisions that all across the nation, national and here locally, pundits are claiming, uh, you know, this ought to cost a coach's job. I mean, this was a colossally bad, bad decision. And this, too, was a bad, bad decision. But ownership, ownership came out very quickly yesterday on Monday following Sunday's game and expressed high confidence in the coach indicating that they really don't have any designs on making a change or an improvement. It begs the question, can or will the head coach, this head coach or any head coach who's been eliminated because of poor performing teams, can they reboot themselves in the off season? Can they do a better, can they find a way to do a better job next season? Well, time will tell there have been some, some stats about if coaches come into a new situation, a new team, and if they don't excel within the first five years, they're not going to, they're, they're going to excel within the first five years, if they're going to excel at all, you know, if you're a betting person, I would suggest you keep your money in your pocket when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys. But very seriously, can you reboot yourself? And if so, how? Well, first of all, of course you can. Anybody can. And rather than just shuffling past that, maybe we ought to spend a little bit of time on that point. That, yes, anybody can reboot themselves. And reboot is just a metaphor for growth and improvement. I'm fascinated by the number of top-level leaders who subscribe to the philosophy that we are what we are. And I will press about, well, what about our ability to change? And here's what I mostly hear. Well, sure. People can change, but mostly they don't. Now I admit that I endure various bouts of being blue. You don't hear that much anymore. You know, being melancholy, especially after overexposure to pessimistic people. I mean, it's depressing to hear leaders talk about a direct report that they may have had on their staff for years as though there's no influence on the planet that is capable of helping that person grow and improve. They just are what they are. I mean, it goes against everything that this podcast is about. Come on, the name of the podcast is Grow Great. You know, it's about change and transformation and growth and improvement. But I have learned, I have learned, there are many, many leaders who feel that way about their people, the people on their team. They just feel like, you know, hey, hey, they are what they are. We are what we are. Experience has taught me to better understand it, though. Mostly, we are surrounded by people, and we have been surrounded by people who are what they are. I mean, we've not seen many people make big changes in their life. And when people normally recite examples where people have done it, they are usually stories of redemption from destructive behavior, right? It's the drug addict who got clean. It's the alcoholic who's been sober for 20 years. It's the convict who was released, and they've made something of their life. I mean, when's the last time you heard a story about growth and improvement? When's the last time you heard a story about somebody performing at some level responsibly who found a way to elevate their performance. We don't hear those stories. Well, does that mean they don't exist? Does that mean that they're not happening? Turns out, I think a lot of people assume that that's true, that because we don't hear these stories, they don't exist. I don't believe that. I know better. I define leadership simply as a focus on others coupled with the ability to do for others, what they can't do for themselves. Largely, this means leaders have high impact influence, which is why I once dubbed this podcast, high impact influence. I mean, it is shocking to me to sit down with a leader who simply doesn't believe she has that level of influence to help people on her team grow and improve. But I honestly think that it is simply because we're all a little bit jaded. Well, okay, we're all a lot jaded. And while each of us can do whatever we want, it does not mean that we lack the power to help and influence somebody else become better. When asked about my coaching process, I will usually answer pretty simply. And it'll go something like this. I help people paint themselves into a corner. So they can look in the mirror and begin to figure out what they need to do to grow and improve. I, this is, I haven't statistically measured this, but I would guess more than half the time people, they're not carefully listening and they will follow up with you paint people in a corner. So I have to clarify and I have to repeat. No, I help people paint themselves into a corner because that's where the magic happens. That's where the magic of growth happens when we are no longer in a place where we have any excuses because we all do what we want. And my clients, they always do the heavy lifting to improve their own lives. And so that's why I have posed today's questions. The way I have, can you reboot yourself? How can you reboot yourself? Yes, others can help, like the leaders I've talked about. Trusted advisors can help. Peers can help. Professionals can help. But the saying is absolutely true. If it is to be, it's up to me. So I hope that you are fully convinced that you can reboot, a.k.a. you can grow, you can improve yourself. But, you know, even if rebooting means making some necessary but incremental improvements, I'm also hopeful that as a leader, you're convinced that you have a role to play in serving the people on your team, in your organization. Their performance can be enhanced by your willingness, your ability, your determination to help them grow and improve. No, you can't do it for them, but you can give them the best opportunities to figure it out for themselves. And if you're the boss, different from a leader. But if you're the boss, then that also means you have the power of authority. And this means that you can leverage your influence as a leader even further for their good. Because come on, you and I both know, yes, sometimes bosses can impose their will. And you can do that for the benefit of others. Okay, but how can we do this for ourselves? Well, first, a big dose of reality. You can't do it for yourself if you don't want to. You can't do it for yourself. If you don't see any need to do it, there is a remarkable truth about high performers. They are always looking intently for ways to gain an edge, to find ways to improve. They pursue growth all the time. High performers tend to avoid complacency. And when they do find themselves leaning toward complacency, they work to get themselves out of it, their mantra is universal and it is consistent keep moving forward. Conversely, those who have yet to figure out that they can be a high performer, they suffer a myriad of excuses and they feel like victims. Their conversations are peppered with if only or phrases that mean the same thing. I'm sure many of them fully believe their statements are true. They fully believe the universe is imposing on them whatever failures or challenges they suffer. Post-game interviews with the Dallas Cowboys, including the, the head coach, boy, a lot of responsibility laid at the hands and the feet of the officials. It defies logic. The Dallas Cowboys are among the most successful sports franchises on the planet. Don't ask me why. I don't. Fully understand it, but they are. They're popular. There's no reason. The league would absolutely flip head over heels with joy if the Dallas Cowboys made it to the Super Bowl because it would be a ratings bonanza. And yet the quarterback's going to get in front of a microphone, the head coach is going to get in front of a microphone, and they're going to bemoan the fact that the officials were against them. Yeah, well, there's a reason you're not a high-performing team. You got this victim mindset. You know, I can't claim, I won't claim a high degree of success in convincing people otherwise. I can just tell you that at this stage of my life, professionally and personally, I mostly don't devote an extraordinary amount of time to the cause of trying to convince somebody that they're not a victim when they are fully convinced they are simply because I've just found myself powerless to convince the unconvinced. More importantly, I choose to invest my time in helping high performers who are willing to work hard to find an additional, I don't know, 2% improvement than to help somebody who is struggling to convince this average or maybe a below average performer that there is so much more possible for you. But let me share with you what I have learned through the years in how we can reboot ourselves. Step number one, find a way to see yourself with greater control over the outcomes of your life. Now, I know this sounds ridiculously simple. It's not easy. It is not easy. Uh, It certainly isn't easy for people who just don't yet believe it. Make up your mind that you're going to accept responsibility for what happens. Make up your mind that you are going to accept responsibility for what has already happened. No, it doesn't mean that everything is your fault. Simply means that you don't have power over anybody else except yourself. Yes, you can influence others, but you can't live their life. So forget what other people are doing. Forget what other people are failing to do. Get busy doing what you can do to improve your life. Nobody's going to devote themselves to improving your life as much as you're going to, and there's no downside. I make this argument almost every day with somebody. There is no downside to accepting responsibility for your life. It empowers you. It empowers you to do more. It removes any tendencies that you feel like you're a victim If only the referees wouldn't have gotten in the way. And if the referees wouldn't have made this bad call or that bad call, then no, you still would have lost because you played a terrible game, Dallas Cowboys. Again, this isn't about playing the blame game. Forget about who's to blame. Just accept responsibility for your life and for the outcomes of your life and move forward no matter what. That's step one. Step two, surround yourself with safe people. Safe people are the people you can rely on. These are the people who will not use your weaknesses or your failures against you. Rather, they're happy, they are willing, and they are able to help you through your weaknesses and through your failures. They're, they're able to help you figure out, and they want to help you figure out what to do, what should you do next. They're not quick to judge. They're not quick to Criticize or tell you what you ought to do. Now, a side component to this is to get rid of unsafe people. I mean, surrounding yourself with safe people isn't going to help you if you continue to linger and loiter around a ton of unsafe people. No, jettison them, get them out of your life completely. These people don't help you. They are harmful, they are destructive, they will weaken you if you let them. Don't. That's step two. Step three, listen and watch so that you can understand reality. Now, these safe people, they can help you look more closely in the mirror. And in order to figure out where you need to go, this is where we all have to come to. We have got to get ourselves into a corner, and we've got to look in the mirror. We've got to understand who and what and where we are. Facing reality is one of the hardest jobs for any of us. I mean, especially the reality of our performance. And that includes how we think and talk and behave and make decisions. You know, when the boss tells us that we need to grow or improve in some certain area, we can leave the boss's office and we can resent them. We can resent that information or we can accept it. We can do our best to lean into helping ourselves get better. Doesn't mean we have to agree with them fully but it does mean that we look for as much acceptance as possible because we declare ourselves responsible for the outcomes of our own life. My boss isn't responsible for the outcome of my life. I'm responsible for it, which means I can do something about it. We have to acknowledge that the viewpoint though, through our own eyes, that's going to be different than how other people see us. So, Let's leverage. Let's leverage the viewpoint so that we can more accurately see ourselves and understand ourselves. That's step three. Step four, make up your own mind and figure it out. Gather these insights from these safe people. Look inside yourself. Think deeply about who you are. Think deeply about what you are. Think deeply about what you're doing and why you're doing it and make your own conclusions. Figure out the very next step. Remember, this is your life. You are responsible for the outcomes of your own life. Just because you're listening, just because you're watching what others who are safe are telling you doesn't mean that you're surrendering your life to their opinion. I mean, for starters, they don't want and they will refuse that responsibility. They got their own lives. And additionally, safe people who are capable of helping us, They are not going to impose or influence us toward anything that is bad or harmful for us. I mean, come on. These are safe people for us. This means these are people that not only will they not use our weaknesses and failures against us, but they want our very best. And by being safe, they are naturally most interested in helping us become better. Even so, it's up to us to put in the work. It's not up to them. So that's step four, make up your own mind and figure it out. Step five, take the first step and then keep working to figure out now what. Now, I know we all, we want to know every step of the process. We talk about reverse engineering and all that, and it's got its place, but come on. Nobody ever knows every step of the process. I mean, so what if we don't know step two? So what if I don't know step 27, you just need to know the very next step. Step one, then repeat the process. You know, so often we get stuck refusing to take the first step. I'm not going to take the first step. Well, why aren't you going to take the first step? Well, because I don't know what step four is yet. Who cares besides by the time when you get to step four or whatever step you're stuck on, when you haven't taken step one, by the time you get there, don't you know, it's going to be different. There is power in taking the first step and in figuring it out from there. Life is all about taking actions and making adjustments, taking action and making adjustments. Commit yourself to become an expert at both. That's step five. Step six, keep it going. Don't stop ever, no matter what. This is the no excuses step. If you talk to any high performer, you will quickly see a person who is committed to lifelong learning and improvement and a refusal to blame anybody or to look for any excuse. Instead, they're looking for opportunities. Time to join their ranks. Years ago, Nike, they launched this Michael Jordan campaign. If you're old like me, you remember it. Be like Mike. Mike. Be like Mike. Be more like Mike. Well, when it comes to your commitment to your own growth and improvement, to your own ability to reboot yourself, yeah, absolutely. Be like Mike. The website is growgreat.com. Be well, do good, grow great. My name is Randy Cantrell. I'm glad you click play today. I hope you're glad too. Greetings and welcome inside the Yellow Studio.